I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, August 22, 2019. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider. This is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the board today? So we're looking at the daily chart, taking the long view. We're looking at this from a 30,000 foot view. What do we have? We had a shimmy down to the 100 period moving average. We'll get more into that later. That was kind of the trick trap fool and frustrate crew. That was part of their project plan for today, but we recovered, closed above the 20 period moving average. However, at the end of the day, I wasn't so ecstatic with the movement of the market. I'm going to get into more of that when we get down to some of the intraday shorter term charts. Let's keep in mind we have something important on the docket. It's not important to me. It's important to the market. How do we know this? Because the market is basically standing still. It's the Jerome Powell speech or whatever he's going to do tomorrow at the Jackson Hole boondoggle. The market seems to be waiting for something. It's kind of like what we do when we lead up to an FOMC announcement. All of a sudden, half a Monday and Tuesday, the market gets real quiet, goes back and forth, plays a little chop suey, and then all of a sudden it picks a direction and goes in one way or the other. I think that's precisely what's going on here. We're waiting for Jerome Powell. The market's going to pick a direction and it's going to get up and go. So there's three scenarios. Really, I throw one away, so I narrow it down to two scenarios. It's a coin flip, right? 50-50. Well, here's the deal. I can tell you with pretty decent amount of certainty that as long as they get above the high of 294.15, close hourly above that high, and certainly daily above that high... Then it's 297, 298 is on the table. And my opinion is it's on the table in rapid fire. What if they go in the other direction? What if the market doesn't like whatever it hears or doesn't hear coming out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming? Well, the downside is a little more tricky. There's a lot of stuff down below. You have today's low. You have yesterday's low. You have a gap. This is one of the reasons why if you're an intraday trader, if you're concerned with the day-to-day movements and you're concerned with the intraday movements inside the numbers, members certainly benefit from situations like this. We're going to have a beat on it. We're going to have the important numbers locked in. And speaking of important numbers, there's something I want to make mention of. Let's just see what's happening with inside the numbers. There's been some changes recently I've actually been getting more active, putting out more intraday information. There's a main reason why. The market is jittery. If the market's asleep and it's not doing anything and there's nothing to update, that's fine. But when the market's moving, we want to stay on top of it. So I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read this. That's not the point. We have a main theme for the day. The main theme is 29.25. Below is not bullish. Above is bullish. The market fails, we know where the market may be headed during a failure point, 29.10, we talk about it here, maybe even slightly lower, we talk about the big fat round number that comes into play, we have a schematic for the day, now this is posted long before the opening bell, 
Then we start in with the updates. So the first one comes right out of the chute. We talked about the bull flag here last night. The bull flag pattern played out. Traders that were long the market looking for that pattern to play out took profits pretty much right away. And then as the time ticks on, we get to about 10 o'clock and it's quiet. Nothing's really going on. We continue to watch 29.25. It's an important number. All of a sudden, things start to change. 10.30, we already know the bulls gave up the numbers cited earlier. The next order of business for the bears is to drive price down toward the big fat round number of 2,900. Earlier, we already talked about the gap. That was around 2,910. We have the corresponding numbers in the SPY. For simplicity, I'm just citing one of them. 1110, the last gap held by the dip crowd showed up. We talked about by the dip crowd earlier. The volume was light. So if that's the extent of the selling, they'll try and work their way back up. The new bogey on the downside is the low of the day. 290.40 in the SPY. Can they get back to 29.25? Tall order. They'll have resistance before that around 29.20, 2.92 in the SPY. Was that the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew? It appeared as if it was. Fast forward to 125. Remember, 29.25 is the big picture pivot. Closing hourly above is bullish, even more than hanging around SPY 292. That was mentioned earlier. Here's the point. Let's take a look at an hourly chart and let's see what the market did. We'll drill down to another chart in a moment. Out of the gate, the market is up. It's up all the way making a high around 29.40. And then they turn it around and they go down in the other direction. It's better on the 15-minute chart. The demarcation point is everything to the right of the vertical line. So the market gaps up, it runs all the way up high, and then they collapse it. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew pull the rug out, and look where they go. They don't fill this gap down here. This is in the futures chart, and this is where it comes in, how using different charts give you a different look. The market's always going to trade to somebody's number. The question is, are you that somebody? Here's a couple of things I want to point out. So here's 29.25 going across the screen. You can see how that was important. You can also see the dive down at the end of the day. I wasn't in love with that if you're in the bull camp. If you're in the bear camp, I think that was good news that the market closed below 29.25. You can see it made an attempt to basically make a bull flag pattern consolidate for another push higher. But at the end of the day, after making an attempt to do so, it was a failure. So we'll see if that has any meaning going into Friday morning. I'm not sure exactly when Jerome Powell is supposed to speak or release comments or do whatever he's going to do, but I'm just saying, leading into Friday, I would have rather, if I'm in the bull camp, seen that end of the day push higher hold. It didn't hold. They gave it up. That's good for the bears, not so much for the bulls. What was another number mentioned from inside the numbers? Well, it was around 292 in the SPY or 29.20, right here, you can see that the market, here's 29.20, did run into some resistance a little bit higher, but in and around that zone on the way back up. Just so happens, we have a breakdown candle high. The market made another bull flag pattern, tried to push higher, maybe gave it up at the end of the day. We'll see. If you look at a longer term chart, this kind of disappears a little bit what happened at the end of the day. 
Here's the hourly SPY again. Remember that bull flag from yesterday. We had the up move here and then the bull flag pattern. And then right out of the gate this morning, they go up and we have a gap in crap. And I know what traders are thinking. They're thinking this is it. But the reality is, as long as the S&P 500, the ES, for example, stays above the psychological, the big fat round number of 2,900, then it's okay. It's not necessarily going to go into free fall. Start closing below there, hourly, daily, something else is going on, and you will likely begin a free fall. But right now, this is really just garden variety, back and forth, pre-Kabuki theater market behavior. From a broad stroke, there's your range. Above is bullish, below is not. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that from a shorter term perspective. Sure, we refine the numbers, but this is from a conceptual standpoint. A lot of traders start asking, what caused the market to go down? Why did it go up early and then collapse? What happened? What was the reason? They want to look for a tweet They want to look for an inverted yield curve. The more time you spend looking for a reason, the less time you have to analyze the market. How do you put together the turn today with common sense? This is obviously Monday morning quarterback stuff, but the reality is it's things we discuss all the time. Let's look at it this way. It's danger zone. You're getting inside my head, but here we go. The market's coming down pretty fast. Is it likely or unlikely This gap holds. When it's coming down pretty fast, I would err on the side of unlikely, specifically because we have some lows down here that are right there. And you can see the market tried to get a bounce off those lows somewhere in that neighborhood, but it didn't work. That's a sign of weakness. The market had pretty decent selling pressure early on. So we have a number of candles in a row, whether you're looking at a five minute chart, a 10 minute chart, 15, doesn't matter. You see the selling, it's somewhat persistent. So you know you have some things going on. You have a big fat round number down at 2,900. We just talked about that. 290 in the SPY, give or take. We don't know that we're going to get all the way there, but we know that that is there. We also have another gap. That's right here. So there's two things we have right here. It's not quite at 290, it's closer to 291, but if you remember from inside the numbers, we were talking about 29.10, same general area. Funny how that works. Now here's a little snippet of information that you can put down on a sticky note and don't lose it. And it's not like I'm making this up. I don't have a patent on this information. This is information that's readily available to anybody looking at a chart. The 80-20 rule applies 80% of the time, right? You would think. 80% of the time, the market puts in a mid-morning pivot, whether it's a pivot high or a pivot low. It puts in a mid-morning pivot. Now, it had two pivots today. That's not exactly completely normal garden variety market behavior. However, it's still a mid-morning pivot, 11 o'clock. Sometimes it's 10.30, 11 o'clock, 11.15, even as late as 11.30 sometimes. Somewhere in that neighborhood, the market tends to put in a pivot if it's been trading in that direction for an hour, hour 15 minutes, hour and a half. That's just the way it works the majority of the time. What's the other part of the time? What's the 20% part of the time? Well, it's a mix of things, but the majority of that 
is a trend day, either a trend day up or a trend day down. One of those days where it's just candle after candle after candle in the same direction with minor exception. Those days are not the norm. Those are the exception to the rule. The normal thing for the market to do is put in a mid-morning pivot. It just is what it is. Don't take my word for it. Go back and look at the charts. So if I know that, and I know we just came from afar, so the market has a destination. I could be wrong. It could have a much lower destination. But this is all based on probabilities. If the market's going to have a mid-morning pivot, then the destination may be around that gap. We have a safety net of the low right around the big fat round number of 2900 or 290 in the SPY. And guess what? That becomes an opportunity. It's not easy to do. It feels wrong at the time. But I'll bet you a nickel that there's some value in there somewhere. All right, let's get the ball moving around the horn. Here's a 120-minute chart. Interesting candle in the middle. Is that a reversal candle? Maybe. It's this candle right here, this red-looking candle. That could be a reversal candle. What do we know? What don't we know? What we know is the market made an attempt to get up to this high that we've already talked about, 294.15. What was the high today? 293.93. It's kind of close enough, but there's no vacuum to the upside until and unless, A, you get over that area, and B, you got to start closing at minimum of hourly above that area to get the shorts to cover, to get the panic buying to begin. Without that, what is this? Without getting above today's high, for example, all this is, is the top of the same range that we've been in. Just like this. Doesn't matter how you draw it. It's the concept of the fact that we've just been going back and forth, back and forth, until and unless we either break out of the top side or break down to the bottom side. This is a chop fest, period, full stop. Back to the daily chart, I told you we're moving the ball around the horn. Same conversation, just give it the viewpoint from the daily chart perspective, and this is what we've been discussing. This is the likely scenario we can have a spike up to fake everybody out, to suck in as many people as they can to the long side of the market before they hit it again. They do it over and over. They do it or they don't do it. Either way, just be aware that they can do it and they will do it to drive the shorts crazy. If you're playing down at the hot corner, you better be on your toes. What in the world is this chart? Well, here's what this chart is. One of the members sent me this chart, and here's the point I want to make. Forget about the boxes for a second. We'll get to that in a moment. The point I want to make is the type of work that this individual is doing. Whether he is right or wrong about what he believes the market is going to do, look what he is doing. He is analyzing the market using what? Using the information that's already provided. Now, let me explain what this is and where the validity is. And I'll also say, he did this on his own. I did not do this. In fact, when I looked at this, I was impressed. And it was at that point in time that I decided to display it in tonight's video. Don't get the wrong idea. I'm not suggesting anything will or won't happen as a result of this chart. I'm going to explain now. I'm not focused on the upsloping trend line. I'm focused on the two boxes. And here's where the focus is. In the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, 
I teach a course or I teach a topic on market symmetry. That's where he's going with this. He's looking for symmetry, only he's looking for it using a couple of different perspectives, and that's good. That's very, very good. What he's trying to do is identify the fact that the market did this consolidation phase here and broke down. It appears to be doing something similar over here at current prices. It's not the same. The time component doesn't necessarily work. The size of the consolidation doesn't necessarily work. That doesn't mean the concept doesn't work. When you work hard and you look for things on the charts that other people aren't seeing, that other people don't discuss, that's when you begin setting yourself apart from other traders. The individual that sent me this chart, his name happens to be David. And what David is doing is, is doing exactly what you're supposed to do. He's taking the foundation of what I taught in the course and what is taught in these videos every single night, and he's expanding upon it. He's using the concepts and taking them out a derivative or two derivatives, and that's what you're supposed to do. That's exactly how I came up with every single thing I've ever come up with is using what's already there, what I already know, what I've already been taught, and expanding upon it, making it better, picking it apart, looking under the hood, looking at it differently, different time frames, different charts. This, my friends, is how a trader is born. Now, David has some experience. He didn't just show up yesterday and do this, but everybody has to start somewhere. One of you made a comment under the video last night, I wish I found you 20 years ago. My comment back was, I didn't know what I know 20 years ago. I didn't know anywhere near what I know now 20 years ago. We all have to start somewhere, and the foundation is in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. It is what it is. Before we leave the S&P, I just want to make mention of something. This is the S&P E-Mini Futures. This happens to be the continuous contract. Doesn't really matter. The point is, where we close today below, after getting above a couple of times and spending most of the afternoon above 29.25 to collapse at the end of the day, I'm taking that at present as a signal. I think it's a bearish signal, but the caveat is the goose factor. We have the Fed, Jerome Powell, the Jackson Hole, Wyoming, boondoggle. The Fed is trying to goose the market. Or is the Fed trying to goose the market? They're diverging things. The end of the day close, I wasn't exactly happy with if you're in the bull camp. I think you are happy if you're in the bear camp, but you have the goose factor. Let's see if we can get any clues over in Camp IWM. What did we do today? Went right up into the moving averages and backed off. Again, is it going to have trouble getting through the moving averages? The weaker the market, of course, the harder it's going to be to get through those moving averages. Right now, it's a weak market. What's the way the IWM can get above the moving averages without having to grind its way through during the day? It can gap above the moving averages. Again, if in fact we get some news overnight that gaps the market up, that's possible. Barring that, we're going to have to get something out of Jackson Hole that gooses the market. Other than that, this is bearish. It's bearish on the daily chart from a long-term perspective. But let me change your mind for a second. Let me alter your thinking. You have to always look at both sides. Here's a 120-minute chart. What do we have here? Isn't this 
a bull flag pattern? Isn't this the same thing that we've been looking at in the SPY? Whether it breaks to the upside or to the downside is not even close to the point. Here's the point. The point is awareness. We all listen to stuff. We watch TV. We read blogs. We watch YouTube videos from people like me. We each have a bias. As much as we try not to have a bias, we really do have a bias because we have positions in the market. If you're long, you have an upward bias. If you're short, you have a downward bias. Garden variety, very simple stuff. But we also have a bias even when we don't have a position. We may already have bought, meaning purchased, a story. We may believe the market's going down a lot. We want to believe that story. In that case, we may or may not yet have a position. But what we subject ourselves to is confirmation bias. I did it to you just now in the IWM. Some of you watching are short the market. You may be right sooner. You may be right later. But when I brought up the daily chart and said it's negative and the moving average is essentially rejected price and it's bearish, you like that. That was confirming what you believed. Then, when I went to the 120-minute chart and I drew out the bull flag pattern, you got pissed off. If you got pissed off, it's because you have a position, an existing position, short the market. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just stating the facts. And the lesson or the takeaway is do your own homework. Don't believe so quickly what somebody says because they can manipulate information and a chart and you can be tricked, trapped, fooled, and frustrated by just believing what you hear due to confirmation bias. In fact, I can make a case both ways for the IWM depending on what chart I'm looking at. Does everybody give you both sides of the story? Some people look at both sides of the story as a negative. They think I'm doing a disservice. They say it could happen both ways, but that's not what's going on. The folks that have been around here a long time know that. They know exactly what's going on. The traders doing the drive-by that are here for the first time or here for a few days, they don't get it yet. They think I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I let you know when I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Moving the ball again, the cues, anything to report. No, again, here we are at the moving averages. We're at a very critical place in all the markets. We can make a case, certainly when you look at the daily chart, here's your bear flag pattern, bear wedge pattern. Eventually, this is going to break, but it can still go higher. That's the problem for the bears. If the market goes higher, it looks bullish. They start discussing new highs. The bears start doubting their position. They end up covering. They're part of the panic buying crew. Once the last bear is out on the sidelines, they hit the market again. That's usually the plan of attack for the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Anything new to report in the financials? No. It was an up day. That's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table, but the chart looks like all the rest. Now, I'll bring up something else. You've probably seen this elsewhere. I just noticed this as we're speaking. I don't look at this chart all day, every day, but here is what some will call a triangle. And then if you believe in the triangle, you have to say the XLF is running out of time. Once it gets to the apex of the triangle, it's likely to break one way or the other. So the question is, which way does it break? Well, the only thing you can do with these triangles is this. Out of the textbook, 
they would have it breaking to the downside. Why is that? It would be part of a continuation move. So you have a move down, and then the market consolidates. That's where it puts in the triangle, and then it has another move down, which would be a continuation move from the first move. You would also have what? Market symmetry. Where did market symmetry play a role? In the chart I showed from David, not me, but the other David. Market symmetry plays a role a lot of different ways. Nothing is ever just black and white. That's why I like to say the market is part science, part art form. And there, my friends, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord tonight. I do appreciate all of you watchers, listeners, followers, subscribers, everybody. I appreciate everybody who is paying attention. I appreciate the vote of confidence. I do really enjoy doing these videos. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.